Good morning, everybody. How you doing? My name is Dave, uh, and I have an awesome privilege this morning to introduce some friends of Awakening and personal friends uh, from Haiti, the Mon Pamirs. Uh, they have um, been missionaries for a long time in Haiti, and uh, we get to have an opportunity this morning to hear their story, just a little bit of their story. And um, what's cool is that as Awakening, as a church, we've been able to be a part of that journey with them. We support them financially. Uh, we're going to hear about that today in their message, but we were able to raise last year $49,000 um, to give to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're going to share with us and where that kind of money was um, spread. Bonjour. Good morning, everybody. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say hallelujah. This is how the Haitian church greet you this morning because this is what we do when we started the church and people raise up their hands and praise the Lord, I am here today. And we are so glad that you are here today and uh, praise his name. Uh, we, we are Jean-Jean and uh, Christy, mon premier. But before we start, I, I got a couple of jokes. I cannot come here not to tell any jokes at all. <laughs> I, do, you know, it's like, I do know a missionary is in that field for too long. Somebody that went from here to Germany or here to Haiti, and it's too long. It's time to come back home. Uh, first year missionary uh, got like a, a, a fly, does the coffee every morning, you know, coffee workers up in, and then uh, the fly dropping the, the, the coffee. Wow, they dumped the coffee and the cup all together. I don't want this. I know where Starbucks is, right? Second year missionary, they uh, uh, find the flies and the coffee, take the flies out and drink it. <laughs> Third year missionary, they find the fly and the coffee. We don't have uh, 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 no meat for quite a while. In fourth year on, they go out and look for flies and put in the coffee. <laughs> so we are Josh and Christy Will Premier, and we're your missionaries. We are your missionaries with Awakening, and that is a privilege for us. It's a privilege for us to be here and to share what God has been doing over in Haiti. Um, we want you to hear God throughout this whole presentation. We want you to see what he's been doing. We want you to feel like you're a part of it, that you are in Haiti with us, that your prayers and your love and your support are, are making a difference because um, it has been. It's been an amazing journey that we've been on. So I am from Iowa. I'm a good old girl from Iowa, and I went down to Haiti in 1996, 20 years ago. And long story short, I was there. God called me to be there. Um, I thought I was going to be a single missionary, and God brought this jokester to me. God, more than a jokester, he is just a wonderful, godly man. And we went back to the States, and we, had, we went to seminary, and I finished a nursing degree. We had our two daughters. One of my daughters is here, 14-year-old Carrie right there, and my other daughter is in college. And um, we went back, to, and we went in the States. And many people thought we were not going to go back to Haiti, especially our Haitian friends. They thought, no way, you get a chance to get out of this country, get a chance to go on the, go in the country where there's nice roads, where there's air conditioning when it gets hot, where there's hot showers and everything, and where there's hamburgers. And we do Good love stuff. hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> I married this man when he was 135 pounds. No lie. No lie. Good, Good food, woman. Right? A good woman doubles her man, right? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we, we felt, we love United States, but all the time we were here, God was always laying on our hearts to go back to Haiti. And um, both of us, we didn't know how, we didn't know how we we're going to go back. But God opened the, opened the doors after he, John had finished with seminary. We went back in 2005 and we started United Christians International. And United Christian International started very, very small, just us two. And we had three months of support. That's all we had. My, my, my Carrie, she was two at the time, and my older daughter was six. And we went down there, and we had three months of support. And it was scary. It was scary to do that because we had young kids, and we didn't know what we were going to be doing. We just knew that God wanted us to go there. We said, okay, what, God, what do you want us to do? Very clearly said, teach the Word of God. My word is sufficient to make differences in the world. That will, the truth will set people free. So John took a seminary training, and we were working with pastors and um, pastors that had no chance to go to Bible school and seminary, but who were leading congregations. And we wanted to help them, give them a good foundation, um, help them with discipleship. So we started doing that. And for three months, we had enough to live on. And then the fourth month came around and we said, we heard from the States. Yeah, you have one more, you have enough money just to stay another month. Okay. The next month, one more month ready, one more month, one month at a time for three years, we lived like that. Always God saying, stay, I'll provide for you. What a good lesson for us to have when we live in a country where people live day by day, one meal a day, we hope so, where people live in abject poverty, the poorest country in the nation. Well, if we are going to go ahead and tell people, God loves you, God is going to provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh. Well, we had to believe it ourselves. And we can stand in front of you today and say wholeheartedly, God is, he does provide. He is the great provider and he will do that. And we can say that wholeheartedly to our Haitian friends too, who do live in dirt floors and thatch roofs and don't, do not have any covers for their, their clothes or anything. God will provide for them. Let us show you a little bit. It's hard to explain all the miraculous things that have happened in the 11 years that we've been there. So we found this picture. We found our location on Google Earth. It was not easy because we live in very rural um, um, Haiti, not by Port-au-Prince, not by Cap Haitian, but way in the central plateau, away from any good roads at all. And when we get way on there, no electricity, no running water, nothing like that. So we, this is what it looked like when we first got there. Now, 11 years later, look what God has done. God has just transformed. Amen. Amen. God has just transformed our area. Now, I wish I could tell you all these different things, and I probably won't have time right now to do it. We won't have time. We'll just have to say, come, come and visit and see what's going on. But this is the easy part to show you, the buildings and everything that went up in the different ministries. But we can't show you. We can only hopefully um, let you know about the spiritual transformation that happened in the area. When we came down, where John Jin grew up was an area, a neighborhood that was predominantly voodoo. Voodoo drums, um, people worshiping Satan, worshiping the demons, demon possession, all those things. Zombies, reality. It's actually a reality. It's all in the Bible, witchcraft and all those things. But they're, they're a reality, but God is so much more powerful. But that's where we went to. And that's where we're still at. There's a, the major problem we believe in Haiti is a spiritual problem. People in darkness because they don't know God's truth. When God's truth happens, when God's truth comes in there, then you can start doing development. People work together and things can happen because 
God, they have God's hope and grace. So we want to share with you a model that God has, in, has implanted in our hearts since the very beginning. And it's three things. It's prayer, share, and ca- prayer, care, and share. If you pray, then you have a chance to care for people for their needs, and then you have a chance to share the good news. Let us show a little bit about that. Well, um, like Chrissy just said, um, I think the problem of this world is not relying on the government, it's the church. And uh, this is the model we're going to um, uh, share with you today, the prayer, care, and share ministry. If you go home with anything today, just those three words, um, pray for people and care for people, then it's easier to share the good news of Christ. And uh, my community I grew up, it's, it, it's a tough place because voodoo is very secret. It's very, they, this is why they go at night and do what they do. They don't want people to know what's going on. To break into those, the circle of, these, of those people, it's very hard. It's very hard. And then what's happened, um, uh, we start praying. Praying doesn't cost us anything. It's just cheap. <laughs> <laughs> In your bedroom, it, it's, you, you know, it's, it don't cost you money. It don't cost you your life. It's easy sometimes. But pray for people. And we start praying. What's happened in my community, uh, year December to 2005, I'll tell you that story, what that's happened. We got a couple of missionaries that come and stay with us from MAF, uh, Missionary, Flood, uh, Missionary uh, uh, Aviation. Aviation Fellowship. Uh, they, small aircraft, they go all over the country through the missionaries and help other people. And uh, actually, they send them to our area, rural area, to learn the language and culture before they move, move them back to Port-au-Prince. And there was one December, and it was so tough. A guy from Tennessee, he said, wow, that's tough to live in this area. Voodoo drums all night. My kids cannot sleep. And what about I go back? I go back to Tennessee. And I felt like, what about we, I start sharing with those people? And one night, I, I, uh, the, uh, Saturday night, so many drums uh, go off at the same time. And then, then uh, uh, I talked to Chrissy. I said, Chrissy, I'll go there and share the gospel with those people. It's midnight. And I went out there. There was some people, uh, some people that watched the, the, the compound, we call it. And then one guy said, where are you going? It's midnight. You are not going out there. It's so it's dangerous. And you can get killed. Do you know this? And then one guy said, well, you are on your own in that business. I'm not going with you. And, but there was a guy that said, well, we know what unless it's more powerful than what the devil can kill. Let's go there and share with them. And we went up there, it's midnight, and then uh, um, the master, which doctor said, uh, it's, it, did you come to worship with us? I said, no, I just come to tell you one good news. And I opened my Bible and read John 3.16. And then uh, they folded up their drums and they went back home. And then this is the beginning. And the next morning, there was the master which had come to the house. He said, tell me more about eternity. Tell me more about what will be happening after we die. And we sit down and talk about it and give his life to Christ. And now it's like, it's like dominoes. Uh, thank Amen. you. Amen. It, is, it is like uh, the falling dominoes. And then now, like uh, uh, 25 witch doctors in my town are worshiping with us today. It is, it is amazing Amen. to see. Uh, they come and worship, and now, now it's they baptize. Even that guy that killed my dad, December 381, become our best friend today. You know, for 30 years, my mom, my mom told us, I was 13, my mom told us, if you see that guy coming that way, he went the other way because he's evil. He will kill you too. And then uh, um, for 30 years, my heart, 
with that guy just cannot be connected. When I see that guy, I see Satan. I see that evil. I see somebody that kills all the time. And then what's happened, God allowed me somehow, somehow, through a dream from a, 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 another friend that dreamed a lot. He said, he, he, one time he dreamed, he said, you need to go there and, 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 and share the gospel with that guy. And I said, no, 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 I can't. For 30 years, I can't do that. I become a Jonah. Wherever that guy come and talk to me about his dream, I said, can you dream about something else with that guy? <laughs> and then uh, that's very tough. And then one day he told me, that guy will end up into a jail. It's up to you to go and, 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 and share that good news with him. And I said, what about you? Did God tell you to go or me? <laughs> well, what's happened, truly, he got into a fight with somebody else, cut somebody else's finger, and he ended up into that jail. And for me, this is the greatest joy to see that guy in jail. This is the, the, the I said, wow, somebody put that guy in a place where he cannot do people harm no more. That was my, my and then, then, then the policeman from that, uh, one of the policemen there called me. He said, do you want to come and share the gospel with one guy that asked me if there was a pastor that want to pray for him? And I said, who is that guy? It's the guy that killed my dad. And then I went up there, took my brother, and we went to that place. When we get up there, and then uh, uh, they opened that gate for us, getting there to share the gospel with that guy. That guy started crying. He said, who told you guys to come? I didn't want you to come. And I said, we just come to help you. That policeman tell us you want to receive Christ as your Savior. And then I said, do you know what's happened? We've heard your dad, December 381. I killed your own dad, and you come to pray for me. And then this is when the, that door of freedom opened for me. And open for that guy. Now we are brothers. We are worshiping in the same church every Sunday. And then this is what God has done for me. That, that's what's happening with our community now. No more voodoo drums. God's opened that door. And then uh, if you go home with, with anything today, remember, prayer don't cost you anything. You can pray for those uh, who are in bandage. And uh, it wasn't easy for me praying for uh, Andre, my, uh, the killer of my dad. But Today, I realize I should pray for him. That didn't cost me anything at all. Zero. Prayer is powerful. Another example of prayer is Madame Leakinson, the lady down there in the left, lower left-hand corner there. She was a witch doctor. Look at her. Doesn't look like a witch doctor, does she? But she was a person that um, was leading people to worship Satan, leading them to poison other people, and other really not good stuff. But... She heard the gospel. We prayed for her. We prayed for that area where she was at. We had a chance to go and talk to her and tell her about Christ and say, God, is for you. Yeah, yeah, he knows all you've done. We all have sinned. We've all fallen short of the grace of God. But God wants you. It took a while. It took a while for her to actually believe it and claim that. Said, God does love me. But then she did. And you know what she did? She took her old life, that old, in the top corner there, that's her house of worship. And all this nasty stuff in there. If you look at the pile down here in the lower right, there's even skulls in there. This is awful. And she took all that and said, I, can't, I don't want any of it anymore. And she burned it down. Burned it back because she wanted to become a new creation in God. And we've seen that so much. 25 witch doctors and people who had been worshiping with them saw the change in them and they started coming to Christ too. They call because of the gospel and prayer. There's other um, needs that we need to pray for too. God, we know that the spiritual needs are paramount for us, but also there's a lot of material needs in Haiti and here, and God wants us to help with that too. He wants to love the whole person. 
There's a lot of kids in the area that can't find enough to eat. Their parents, a lot of them are in, in voodoo. And so the fattened calf goes to be sacrificed for the witch doctor or the witch doctor gets paid off. And so the kids can't go to school. Well, these, these four kids right here, they're, one of, they're four of 10 in a family and their parents are in voodoo and they weren't eating enough. And we came across them and this is their little kitchen because you can see three stones on the ground. That's what they cook with and put the big pot of rice and beans in the middle there. Well, that pot is definitely clean. There's nothing in there. Um, and if you look at the little girl that's sitting on the rock, you look around her, her mouth closely, that's ashes from the fire. Right in front of us, she was eating ashes, eating ashes because her body was craving something to fulfill that nutritional need. We saw, we came across that family when we were still there for only three months. We thought we would only be there for three months and we didn't know how we could, um, how we were going to get by. But God was saying, you know what? These are the kids that I put basically in your backyard, feed these kids. And we said, at that time, we're like, well, how? We don't even, we don't know, we don't know what we can do. But we, he's kept them laying our hearts. You're feeding your kids three times a day. Feed these kids. And the will was, the desire to do that was there. We didn't know how. And God finally got to just do it. So we started a nutrition center. And you can see some of the pictures in the next one. We started a nutrition center where we're just going to feed kids um, a healthy meal once, twice, three times. Started with three times a week. Now it's up to four times a week. And at the same time, we're, we're filling their bellies. We said, okay, we got to remember to teach the word of God in everything we do. So we started teaching these kids about Jesus. Hey, Jesus loves you. He sent his only son to die for you because he wants you to become children of God and for you to have eternal life. And he wants you to have a good life. And these kids have been growing up, growing up listening to the witch doctor say, ah, you're nothing. You're just, a, you just, I have to use you. You have to pay me off because if you don't, I'll kill you. So living in fear and mistrust and everything. They were living in that. And then they hear about Jesus' love for them. They changed. They, they got healthier. And I love seeing that. I love seeing no more red hair and bloated bellies. But their lives changed. They started singing about Jesus. They went home. And they talked to their parents. And their parents see a difference in them. And guess what? They became our first missionaries. And then, then the kids, the parents are like, Okay, wow, my kids are really changed. Now, why is John Jane Christie feeding my kids? Um, we don't go to their church. We don't go to any church. Why are they doing that? And so they started asking questions. Or when we came over there, they started listening because they knew that we cared about them. Next slide shows some of the different things we do, too, around the, around yeah, the community. Uh, we talk about prayer. That's, uh, that's the uh, first thing that you do. And then uh, there was something that will cost you a little, uh, a little uh, more it's, uh, to, uh, to care. Uh, to care for people, I uh, to me that's the that's the greatest way. I when I was in Iowa, um, and then the, I got a part-time job. I want to tell you this. Uh, 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 I meet with every uh, 4 a.m. Uh, the job started. We we uh, with forklifts and and then just uh, load up the truck. And then there was one guy. I I always pray for him, and I let him know I pray. I said no, I'm not a Christian. Do not pray. Let's keep on praying for him. And then uh, uh, if, if I'm done with my job and I just help him a little bit, help uh, get things done, and before we chat everything and do that computer, I'll help. And then, uh, I, and then one day he said, I, I don't understand that guy. How come, how come, are you in drugs? What kind of drugs are you on? Because you always smile, you're happy. What's going on? What's going on? And then uh, um, I started talking to that guy. And then uh, one day he told me, you know, I'm on the end of my rope. 
can you, can you help me? I know you are going to school to be a pastor. Can you help me? And then I said, well, I have no money. He said, I know you don't have no money. <laughs> and then, uh, then, then uh, I said, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. And the end of my rope, and I take that phone and call Chrissy. What's the end of that rope means? I didn't know anything <laughs> about this. And then, and then uh, Chrissy told me, there's some, probably somebody that need your help. And then uh, um, we start talking, start talking. And then, uh, and then I said, do you have a Bible? Uh, I don't own a Bible. I'm, I'm Catholic. And I said, I used to be a Catholic too. And then we own no Bible. He went to Walmart and got like a kid and Ivy Bible. We start studying the book of Ephesians together. And then God changed that guy totally. Uh, you know what's happened, why I want, wanted to say this? He said, it's because I didn't want to tell everybody my story. It's because I see you care about people. Caring is sometimes that will cost you a little bit, but care for the people, that's make them see Christ uh, clear and loud. Uh, um, uh, it's, it's, first of all, the, the wall, the, the spiritual wall is super effort that got, got to break that wall between us and people and then start caring. Uh, that's what we do in our community. And those uh, witch doctors, we don't care if you are a witch doctor or not. We start uh, uh, putting cement floor everywhere. Oh, a house, your house is bad, we help you. And then they ask that question, why? And then we start sharing. Look at the next one. Like we said over and over, just to share. That's the name, number one thing that we can do. Um, we have some pretty cool statistics that God has been doing in the last 11 years. Uh, we have nine nutrition centers. We're feeding over 400 kids three or four times a week and teaching them about God. We have put in 432 cement floors into people who are living in the dirt and mud. And we've put up 72 whole houses for people that were living in houses that were crumbling. We've sent so many kids to school. We've given people clothing. We've helped with churches and wells and all these different things. But you know what? The best thing about all those things is that it's a platform for us to be able to tell people about God. Next slide you can show too. If we don't, if, if we don't get, lead people to Christ, but we give them a good education and we give them good food and give them a good house and everything, those are all great things. But at the end of that, if they haven't heard about Christ and they die, then what have I done for them? I have done nothing for them. We need to share. That's the best thing for people in this life and after to know the saving grace of God. And so we wholeheartedly say to keep, up, keep that up here in San Jose, whoever God puts in your pathway, whoever he's put in your backyard, in your, in your workstation, in your schools or anywhere else, God wants you to pray for them. Start with that and then see where God opens up everything. God has been good about um, opening up so many different ways that we've been able to work in Haiti. If you know anything about third world countries, it's not easy to get things done, especially where we're at. We're at um, a, a journey that is 45 miles away, takes four and a half hours to get there. Do the math on that. Just think how, how bad the roads are. Um, Things are not easy to get done, but yet God has opened so many avenues um, through UCI. He has a great plan for our area. Um, some of the things that we do is a lot of things with agriculture as well. Yeah, the, um, the, uh, the agriculture is, is uh, it's a way to show people they can feed their own, uh, their own kids. We empower them that way uh, to be able, because 
Uh, you don't want to, I don't know if you read that book, When Helping Hurts. Uh, that's a great book. You don't want to keep people in relief, relief, not to show them that they, uh, they get out of that relief. And this is, this is what's happened. Uh, we start uh, teaching them how to, they can grow their own food in their own backyard. We get some of our students now that learn some urban agriculture uh, where people got no land at all. You find the genes and put dirt on it and start growing some, uh, uh, something. You know, that's, 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 uh, to us, this is that way. All uh, to share the good news of Christ, and uh, um, and our students bring that to the community. If it, either if they live in town, wherever they live, uh, to uh, they bring that back. We have a goat program, so these kids in the nutrition centers, um, they're learning how they can raise up goats themselves and raise money for their families, so they can support their families in, in eating. Um, and they're also learning about tithing because in a program like these, this this kind of thing. We have them tithe back their first uh, female goat that is that is born, so it goes back to someone else. So they get the chance to give away and and give um, give back to God too. Next slide shows people getting motorized irrigation uh, pumps so that uh, they can grow their own food. Uh, we have amazing stories of farmers who were barely making it. Sometimes they would go over to the DR and cut cane and get paid just very minimally and have to come back. And that was the only thing they could do to support their families. And now they're staying and they're making three times as much as they were, they were making before. They're um, making a profit. They're, they're fulfilling a need for more food in our community all through their own good hard work that they do. Also tree nursery with our help of deforestation in Haiti too. So lots of opportunities that we have done. A lot of people ask us, you know, what's the next step? You've been there for 11 years. You've seen this transformation that's happened in Haiti. What, sh- what are you going to do now? And so our, we thought about it for a long time, and it was intimidating. It was overwhelming to think about it, but we thought the next step to expand what happened here in, in, in our community was to train next generation, train, train the students that had a heart to serve their own community, to go back to their community and work, and give them the skills required to do that and give them a heart to serve for the Lord. And that was the way things were going to change. Communities were going to change in Haiti, then all of Haiti is going to change. We do not believe that Haiti's problems are going to be solved with millions of dollars being poured into there. It's already happened. Nothing has changed. What's going to, what's going to change it is the change of hearts in the people and community by community showing that they can do that. So we have a university and we are, um, we just finished our fourth year at the university. Amazing. If we, 11 years ago, if you would have told me that I was starting a university, I would not have gone. I would have stayed in Iowa because that was just way too much. I could we couldn't do that. But that's exactly what God wants us to say, right? He doesn't want, you know, you're right. You can't do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. And he has. We have just um, been blessed with so many students that are learning about Christ. Yeah, it, it, it is so amazing that, now, uh, Nelson, one of our witch doctors, can come and give a testimony to all of those students. Over 500 students are uh, under chapel and just tell them how that community used to be. And one guy came to me, uh, he said, I don't know, you, you said 25 witch doctors came to know Christ? And then in my community, probably there were 75. <laughs> so that, and then I said, now it's your job. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is amazing how those people will bring back to the community uh, what's happening in our, in our own place here. And then uh, we have, uh, 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 the, the, like I, I said, the agricultural techniques that they learn, uh, they will bring it back to the uh, hometown and, and do all of that. So it's, it's difficult to explain how big of a deal the university is there. We just don't have very many universities in all of Haiti. 
And for a little rural area in Haiti, where we're at, not even on the maps, um, to have a university is huge. So we have students that we thought we'd mostly be work, um, working with students that were local, that were having a hard time getting to the cities and getting to, getting getting university. But God opened up many avenues, and by word of mouth, God has brought in many students from all over Haiti. Uh, third year, we finished up with about 250 students. And again, we're not good at advertising, but somehow people got out the word. And by fourth year, we had more than doubled the enrollment for the school. So we have over 500 students, and many of them are in the dorm. Um, you guys helped us with that problem we had because we were not expecting to double the enrollment. And so we had situations like this. Now, not all those girls live in the same room, but six of them live in that one room there. If you can see behind them, they have six beds in there. So very crowded conditions. Now, they don't complain because they're used to crowded conditions, but still, it's very difficult. So we had boys and girls living five, six in a room. And you guys came alongside and you helped us build a second floor to the university dorms there. So now we have enough. Uh, we'll see what God, how many, how many students God prepares and brings us this year, but what he knows he provides. Um, every time we have, uh, every time we think about the challenges that the university um, poses, because it is a big deal, we think about just individual students. And uh, we think each one of these students that we see walking down the campus and everything, we think about how their lives have changed. These are the students, minus two, that you as a Church Awakenings have sent to school. They're in school because of you guys. They have a chance to get the skills and the training and the education to advance themselves, and they're hearing the gospel and being encouraged to go to the community and change their own communities. Those students have that opportunity because of your generosity. And when I think about all the overwhelming things and, and um, the difficulties that sometimes the university poses, all I have to do is look at each one of those faces and think what a difference that has made that these, that these students have. The university has offers theology, medicine, agriculture, nursing, elementary education, and we're adding two more degree, degrees next year, Lord willing. Um, we have uh, professors that are master's level or more because we want to have a good education for the students. And we just have a lot of opportunities that other universities, in, even in the cities, can offer. So we believe that this is going to change Haiti. To give you an idea about the statistic of uh, um, um, the, the um, evangelical, like the church that built the school, it's like a 70% of the kids that go to school is through the church school. The government could, couldn't even provide school for everybody. It is, uh, um, when, when I went to um, um, a school, 2% uh, uh, of the nations that finish up the high school. It's, it is very, but with uh, the evangelical school, we'll get the next picture to show you. Uh, uh, now, kids are able to go to school. Uh, um, and then uh, uh, we, are, we are able to even, even further this and uh, go to other community and build new, more schools for, uh, for little children to go to school. What a better way to, to raise up Christian leaders and to start them really young and tell them about God. We have 650 in that slide. That's from last year's picture. And this year we have 125 new students in the preschool. So we have set, we're going to have over 720 students for sure for next year. That's preschool to seventh grade. And the next slide shows you some of the, again, the kids that you guys have helped send to school. 
and they're all and they're they're posing for their badge pictures, so they're all kind of serious and everything, except for little Ertz right there. And ask Carrie. He's always like that. He's always naughty like that. <laughs> you can tell he's got something up his sleeve. He's, grandma's always chasing him off after him, trying to keep up with him. But these students, yeah, they um, are, our elementary school is a Christian school. It provides We do extra things besides the national curriculum that we're required to do. We also do extra things like I teach English. We have arts and crafts. We have PE. We teach computers. We do agriculture training. All those different things in our school to create a well-rounded student. And we're, we're adamant that our teachers are well-trained. So we have good education for these kids. Um, and it costs only $10 a month to go to school in our, in our, our school. And that is... That will keep all the teachers' salaries paid and administration costs and everything. That will keep on going. Um, that's very important to us. But we have a lot of parents, a lot of families, that $10 a month, they can't do it. They seriously can't do $10 a month. So we have uh, people that, bring, that give scholarships so they can go out into different communities and find kids who can't go to the school but can be benefit from the school. And so they're in there. So those kids, they would not be going to school either if you guys wouldn't have helped them out. Uh, um, I love I love story. This is this is uh, uh, there was uh, a, a kid called Bettina. Bettina. Um, uh, we Bettina is from another community, and to show you how God can work in our little lives and big lives, He's about to work and change people's lives. And then uh, 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 that kid, we went to give food into another church, and and, uh, uh, and I saw. Um, that mom keep on pushing the kids to get more food uh, or getting things and hide it, come back and get again and hide. And that kid won't go. And then uh, mom keep on pushing it, go, go and get stuff. He said, no, 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 no. He said, in my school, they taught me uh, not to take things twice. They taught me to uh, wait in the line. They, all of those things. And then uh, I see that kid's crying, and I approach her. I said, what's going on? And then, and then she told me. She said, Mom is trying to push me to get more stuff. In your school, and he said, in your, in your school, where I went to school, they said, no, I don't want to do it. And then I, I get some money and give to that little kid, and now I, I, I was able to talk to Mom a little more about what, what that school is all about. Really, that's changed uh, those kids' lives. Start up so little uh, to learn. About all of, when I came to the U.S., let me tell you this, and I see uh, like your uh, little children will uh, cross the street, look both ways, not to put trash on the street. When I even even 30 years old, I eating eat some candy and you know just put you know trash all over that place. But I realize uh, your kids learn that so little. And um, the preschool, they keep on learning all of those things. And this is, I see what God is doing, changing those kids' lives from Solelo. So. There is a lot more that we could share with you. Uh, there's, again, God has been so good. Uh, all we can say is to come and see. Uh, next slide shows that we love having mission teams come down. We seriously do, because we see people's lives being changed. Not just lives in Haiti, that happens, definitely. But we see people's lives of those who come, how their lives change too. There's something about it. There's something about going and seeing something totally different and seeing that, oh, we're, we live in a big world and God is working here. And then you can see if he's working in Haiti, go back to San Jose and say, wow, my eyes are open. God is working right here too. 
It's amazing how that happens. So we extend a personal invitation for any of you guys to come and see what's happening down there. There are so many lives that you have touched by being partners with our ministry. And we hope that you heard some of those things that we that the people back in Haiti are wanting to say to you, thank you for doing this. And they appreciate what you're doing and they want to work and hard to fulfill their, their dreams. If our Haitian... If our Haitian uh, board was here, they would say they would say over and over, "Come, come and see what's happening here. We want you to see the ministry." And like Sophia says, just thank you so much for everything you guys have done. Yeah, I'll we did that same thing. And remember, uh, three little things: to pray, to care, and to share. And uh, um, uh, and this world will change totally because God counted on you, that church, me, that church to change this world, not that government. I want to finish up to say in Haiti, we got an election that done uh, August 2015, no result yet. 54 candidates, all right. This, uh, I'm that winner, I'm that winner, I'm that winner. So there was no result. So we cannot count on those things. God count on you as the church to move this world and uh, to, uh, to bring this world to himself. And thank you this morning for allowing us to come and share with you. Thank you. Um, Thank you guys so much. I know about you guys, but it's just super encouraging just to hear their story and just the things that God is doing. And if I have to be completely honest, it's a little intimidating because I know I've been there three times in 2009, 2010, and 2012. And every time I learn something new, but it's, I want to, I want to be faithful to the calling of my life. And when I see you guys and how you live your life, it's representative of faithfulness. And I just appreciate that about you guys. Um, and just the, the awesome things that God is doing down in Haiti um, is just incredible. And like they mentioned, in uh, March of next year, we have the opportunity to send a team down in Haiti. Um, and I would really encourage you guys to start praying about it. And um, something that you guys, the three points that you guys shared, uh, the first one was prayer. And in 2009, I'm just going to share a quick story, of personal story of, uh, of Haiti with me that's just stuck with me. Um, and it was the power of prayer. Um, and one morning, we were woken up at 4.30 by our leader. And it was twilight. The guys in, in the room that I was in, we had probably only falling asleep for two hours. It is so hot down there and humid that it, it just takes forever to fall asleep. You thought it was hot this week here? It's nothing. They were, but in March, it's not hot. Don't let that intimidate you. But, uh, so he, he wakes us up. And in the background, we hear voodoo drums. We hear people chanting, we hear people yelling. And any animal that you can think of, it was making noise. It sounded like you were in a downtown area. It was so loud. And um, our leader said, we need to pray. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit would just fall in this valley. So we stumbled out of bed and we just stood and we agreed with our leader as he paced the floor like a lion. He, I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. He paced back and forth just praying. And we just agreed. And growing up in church, there's um, a 
a bunch of names that God has called, but one of them is Prince of Peace. And it was the first time in my life that it, God showed why he was called the Prince of Peace. After a few minutes of prayer, you could hear a pin drop. It was silence. Um, the drums stopped, the chanting stopped, the yelling stopped, the, all the animals stopped. And the only thing that you sensed was peace. I still get goosebumps. I, I told that last service. I got goosebumps then. I got goosebumps now. It's real. God is real. God's not just real in Haiti. God is real right here, right now. And if you get anything out of their story, is that God is powerful. And the God that the Mont Premiers serve, UCI, the leaders of UCI serve, is the same God that you and I serve. So be confident, and it's hard to be confident when we live in an area where we're afraid to share because you are looked down upon if you share. You're told to keep your opinion to yourself. You don't want to offend anybody. And as I was uh, thinking about this Mom Mears and their, their uh, story and everything, this verse, 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask Anything according to his will, he hears us. So whatever it is that you may want to do, ask. Ask in confidence. He gives you the confidence. It's not our ability, like John, John, and Christy said. It's not them. It's God in them and through them that things get done. So, again, be encouraged. One of the things... I want you guys to do is pull out your bulletins and look on the back. Hold on to this. If their story of Haiti has encouraged you and is intrigued you to go and visit, look on the back. It has the dates. Uh, it has a website where you can apply. I encourage you guys to imply, apply. Even if you're not sure if you could make it, apply. Limited, it's limited spots, okay, that can go. Uh, just apply and start praying, okay? And um, but I just want to close in prayer. If you guys can stand up, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for your mighty works and your faithfulness, God. God, we just pray, God, that um, we would be used by you. God, we would be willing to be used by you. God, give us the confidence. God, to be used by you, to do work in us and through us. God, we thank you for Christy and John John and the work that you're doing through them and the leaders of UCI. And God, we are encouraged to see just the growth, God, in community and, and growth in, your, in you and the faith in you, God. God, we pray against all voodoo, all darkness, God, in Haiti. And God, we pray against the darkness here. It may not be voodoo, but it is just as real. And we pray against that, God. God, I pray that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit, God, that we would leave this place filled with your Holy Spirit, excited and confident, God, to speak your name. And God, we just, uh, again, God, go with us today. Be with us in your holy and your precious name. Amen.